Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our Sunday morning online internet church service. I'm so happy that we can join together from around the world and study God's Word together, celebrate the Lord together, and be strengthened together by the Holy Spirit. I'd like to read a verse to you today from the book of Proverbs chapter 2. As you're turning to uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 2, I just want to say it's great to be back uh, in the internet studio today uh, to minister to you. We had a wonderful time in Indonesia. I think Pastor Kelly is doing a little better than me on the jet lag recovery. Uh, I've still been pretty sleepy today, but uh, getting back to my normal everyday pattern, uh, they say that if you uh, for every hour that you go out of your time zone, for every hour there's a change, uh, it'll take one day to uh, bring that back to normal. Well, we had an 11-hour difference, so your, uh, your world is completely flipped upside down when your body wants to be resting. Uh, normally, that's when you're sleeping and vice versa. So, getting back to that, thank you for your prayers. But feeling good in the Spirit, healthy and blessed and happy in the Lord, uh, just working through that, and some of that is to be expected, praise God. But uh, in all things we're comfortable, and the Lord certainly blessed the trip. And you know, there's a lot of variables that are involved with an international trip like that when you have multiple connections and uh, you're bringing uh, extra luggage because you have to have products and things like that, spiritual resources. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things where you could have uh, something go wrong. But the entire time, uh, the Lord blessed all of it and all connecting flights went smoothly. Everything showed up, uh, no missing luggage, and everything was blessed. So thank you for praying for us, and the Lord is good. Amen. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, it goes on to give a description of what happens to the person uh, who's walking in this wisdom and in this knowledge. It says in verse 12 that it delivers you from the way of the evil, and it also delivers you from the man who speaks perverse things. Coming down to verse 15, it says that if you have wisdom in your heart and knowledge is pleasant to you, it says it also uh, delivers you from the person whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths. Uh, deliverance from ways of people that are crooked. Now, the word wicked today that we have in our English language comes from an older uh, word going back hundreds of years in our original English language going back to the, uh, to the land of England. It actually came from the same word that we get the word wicker furniture. And, you know, when you have wicker furniture, it's, it's crossed over and interlaced with this plant-type material. And so, it's zigzagging, it's curving, and you know, it's going different directions. So really the root word for wicked means, uh, it means crooked. And there are people in the earth today that are crooked, and you really want to be careful that uh, none of your dealings are crooked. We're going to receive the tithes and the offerings in just a moment. I believe that in order to walk in the prosperity that God has for us, and for every one of you, God has a prosperity plan, a prosperity package. 
but really, you have to you have to pull everything together in your life. It's not like you can just tithe and then you know maybe have other uh, you know weak areas in your life and just think that everything works. You have to pull the whole thing together, and you don't want to have any crooked dealings in your life. Uh, let me let me speak to the ladies just a moment. Um, don't ever buy a counterfeit purse. You know what I mean by that. Some of you going, uh oh, Pastor Stephen, have you, as the Holy Spirit has He translated you into my closet? Have you seen my, have you seen my fake purse? No, I haven't. But I know, I know the way people are, and I know there's a lot of things out there that are counterfeit goods. And if you buy a purse that is a counterfeit purse, and if it if it says Gucci on it. But it Gucci didn't make it. It was mass produced in some, you know, China sweatshop or place like that. Then you are you're participating in uh, crookedness, um, and you are involved. You're you're doing something that's actually supporting contraband and illegal activity. You shouldn't do that. Well, Pastor Stephen, everybody does. But just because everybody else, and by the way, not everybody's doing it, just because people, others may be cheating, doesn't mean that you should. The uh, same thing goes for, let's go over to the other side. Let me talk to the guys for a moment. If you are wearing a, they, they call them replica watches, really what they are is counterfeit watches. You've, if you're wearing a watch that says Breitling or Rolex, and Breitling or Rolex didn't make it, uh, and you got it for twenty dollars, then you are you are participating in crooked dealings. Oh, Pastor Stephen, nobody's going to know. No, God knows, and your spirit knows. And this is something I want to say to you today. Don't let there be anything fake about your life. The the reason people buy the illegal stuff the counterfeit stuff is because they think, well, I can't get the real thing. But they don't understand that's why you can't get the real thing. There's crooked dealings in your life. And as long as God sees that, there's going to be areas where the financial covenant that you're wanting to engage with God in, it's it's going to be uh, having things that are getting in there and gooping it up. And one of those things is this area of crookedness. So don't let there be any crookedness in your life. Let your wealth be real. Let your prosperity be genuine. And if you're not at the place maybe where you could go out and buy something that you would really like, just trust the Lord and the Lord will take you there. And when He takes you there, there will come the time, there will come the day you can acquire it, you can buy it, and you can do it, watch this, without straining. Ooh, praise God. That's something else. I, I think maybe I should mention a little bit about a little bit further about what I would identify as fake wealth, where people want to present an image that they have a lot of wealth when in reality they don't, and by trying to present an image, they are actually hindering themselves from coming into true prosperity. Um, a really good pastor flew over from Africa uh, to uh, America. He came into New York City. And they picked him up. They're going to take him to the church to preach. And, uh, you know, he's very well known in Africa, and he, he's, he's a wealthy pastor. But when he flew to New York and was picked up, they, they picked him up in a Rolls Royce. The, chur the church wanted to honor him, so they picked him up in a Rolls Royce. And, uh, and so he's standing there with his luggage, and they can't, the, the church members who, bringing the, who are bringing the Rolls Royce to pick him up, they can't figure out how to open the, uh, the trunk. 
And the pastor said, he's a very gracious man. He said, the reason I see, he said, the reason you can't figure out how to open the trunk is because obviously this is not your car and you have gone out of your way in an effort to honor me. But by doing so, perhaps you've indebted yourself. Well, uh, he was great. He was very gracious. Yeah, he wasn't mean to them, but he's basically trying to say, you don't have, you don't have to do it that way. You don't have to do it like that. And I, I know in a situation like that, somebody's just trying to honor, but you know, don't take yourself beyond the place where you can't go. And then you end up hurting yourself financially because you're trying to maybe do something or project an image of a place that you're not really there yet. Just work God's kingdom principles the right way. And eventually you will get there. Hallelujah. But don't, don't be a fake person. And not only that, it's wrong. It's illegal. It's illegal for any company to make something in the name of another company when they have it trademarked and patented and licensed and another company comes over here and makes it and steals the logo, steals the, you know, whatever. That's wrong to do that. And if it were your company and if it were your product that somebody else was copying and stealing, you wouldn't think that's very good. You wouldn't think that's good because that's lowering uh, the value of the real thing. Praise God. But my friends, it's wrong. If it's wrong, don't engage in it. You don't have to do stuff like that. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now, uh, let me read this to you because this, this will make you happy. This is Psalm 112 verse three, wealth and riches will be in his house, in the house of the righteous man, in the house of the man who blesses the Lord. So God has a prosperity plan for you of wealth and riches and nice things. God will fix you up, but don't, uh, uh, along the journey to God's goodness for your life. Uh, don't, don't do things that would be crooked dealings. If you go to the hotel, uh, you know, don't just like steal the hotel towels. Don't ask, or, or let me say it like this. Don't go by the maid's cart that's parked there in the hallway and grab 40 shampoo, a little 40 shampoo bottles. Don't, don't do that. If you own that hotel franchise, you wouldn't want uh, people staying there doing that. So don't, don't do things like that. But I see Christians do this regularly. I, I see pastors uh, walking around with uh, fake shoes, fake, you know, saying it's made by so-and-so when it's not, it's, you know, it's a plastic imitation or something like that. Don't do stuff like that. Uh, be, be real, be genuine, be honest. Praise God. We really need to see this in the church. And when you have that, God will take you into the real and into the genuine and to the honest. I've, I've seen pastors before buy fake watches and you know with, within three weeks the watch is not working anymore. Why? Well it's, it's a piece of junk. That, that, that's why you shouldn't wear something like that. The, your spirit knows it's junk. So uh, <laughs> don't, don't do stuff like that. Don't be a fake person. Well Pastor Stephen my, my replica purse is a good is a really good fake. Uh, it's still illegal and uh, it's wrong it's wrong to uh, do that. It's not right in the eyes of God. Those are all forms of crookedness. Do not engage in that with shoes or, or, or whatever it might be. Don't do, don't do that. God will take you into the real. God will take you into the genuine. But you're going to have to eliminate these little areas that a lot of people are compromising in. So Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that they have righteous dealings and no crookedness no crookedness in any area of their life and no promoting of crookedness. Now, Father, we thank you 
in the in the small areas let us be let us be truthful in this let us not compromise in these areas thank you father in jesus name bless your people in jesus name amen praise god okay let's bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the lord let us continue to be faithful and consistent with the principles of the kingdom of sowing and reaping giving and receiving and as we do this we go into the blessings of God legitimately and strongly and when we do it God's way there's no sorrow associated or attached to it praise God now those of you that are mailing your tithes and offerings in please send them to Stephen Brooks International P.O. Box 717 Moravian Falls North Carolina our zip code is 28654. If you want to bring the tithes and offerings in online, you can do so. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there anytime and bring them into the storehouse of God. I also want to say a big thank you uh, to everybody who has been sowing into the new ministry aircraft hangar uh, that we are working towards. And God bless you as you'll see the square footage is uh, the number is going up. Praise God. We're, we're heading to the top by God's grace. Hallelujah. So thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Father bless your people. We thank you that wealth is part of their portion. But Father we have to do it the right way. So thank you Father bless your people with straight dealings in every area of their life. In Jesus name we pray. And we all agree today and say, Amen. Praise God. Now, let's go to Psalm, Psalm 112, since I had just mentioned that, and some of you are probably still there camping. Uh, we all like verse 3, but I want to pull out something different today that, of course, the rest of the chapter hinges on, which is actually in verse 1. But let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we're going into Your Word, we ask that your word would go into us. Thank you, Father God, as living revelation, just as we consume food for our body. Let now your word be consumed by our spirit. And we thank you that it's going to feed our faith. And Father, we're going to take today's message. And by your grace, we ask that you help us to apply it. Thank you. We confess, O oh God, that we are hearers and doers of your word in Jesus' name. And we all agree with that and say amen. Psalm 112 verse 1 says praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you were to look at it in the literal the literal Hebrew, it just says hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what it means. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's the international word that everybody understands. So the psalm starts off with praise the Lord or hallelujah. This needs to be a daily just uh, expression. I don't think we should ever go a day in our lives as Christians on this planet without at least once saying hallelujah. I know that we love the rest of these verses such as verse 3 and uh, actually the whole chapter is really good but it begins with the man or the woman who is full of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah praise the Lord. That's how the chapter begins and then all of the other blessings that are associated with this type of a person with the heart of praise and worship it flows out of that. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. The, the phrase fears the Lord is in reference to a deep awe, respect, and reverence that a person has for God. 
it can also be expressed as the word worship. So to fear the Lord, really you could very easily see it as an expression of worship. So blessed is the man who fears the Lord or even worships the Lord who delights greatly in his commandments. And then it goes into all of those blessings. So this is a person who praises the Lord by starting off saying praise the Lord, hallelujah. And then the man who fears the Lord is a person who actually worships the Lord because there is deep reverence, awe and respect there for God. And that all points towards worship. We need to be people that fear the Lord, that worship the Lord. Now, Psalm 34, I've always liked verse 9, and this is something very, very special. It says, Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. Now, again, to fear the Lord is not to be like afraid of God, like He's going to hit you over the head, uh, you know, with a two-by-four or something like that to correct you. No, again, it's reverence. It's all. It's worship. So, oh, fear the Lord, or worship the Lord, you His saints. And then we have this amazing statement that even uh, for some of you, if you think, I don't see how this could be, uh, maybe I can talk about it a little bit and help you see that it is a truth. And it says, there is no want to those who fear Him. Or, translated more openly, more, more understandably to those who worship Him. And I think when you see it like that, because that's, that's the thrust of what it's conveying, it will help you to apply this verse more easily in your life. There is no want, there is no lack to those who worship Him. There are certain nations of the earth where it seems like there's a lot of lack. And some of these countries I've been to, and it's it just everywhere you look, there's lack, there's um, financial difficulty, there's trash all over the place, there's sick people everywhere, uh, improper water that's not sanitized, uh, improper toilets, there is lack on every area that you would see. Pastor Stephen, why is that? Well, let me make just a general observation. If you're going to bow down and worship dead idols, if you're going to kneel before uh, a statue that is representative of a demon, if you're going to do stuff like that, you're going to have trouble. You are going to be submitted to the difficulties that would afflict humanity uh, through the various trials and hardships. And you'll have no exemption. Any trouble that befalls that country befalls you if you're willing to just worship, uh, you know, demons or rocks or trees or, or, or the spirits or the ancestors or whatever it might be. But I want you to know that if you are a worshiper of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the one and the only, the true God, if you worship God, you will never have lack in your life. And that is why in some of these countries where you see uh, people starving, and you, you see people, uh, there, there's no rain, there, there's famine. Uh, what's going on? They don't worship the Lord. They don't worship the Lord. And if they would just get on their knees and lift their hands and begin to worship the only true God, rain would come, provision would come, crops would begin to grow, and the Lord would begin to take sickness and disease out of their midst if they would just worship Him. 
Oh, the difficulties that people have because they will not worship God. The the unneeded difficulties that even Christians can encounter because either they don't worship the Lord like they should or they are they are falling far short in this area. And this is something that we must always be mindful of. Really, this type of message I, I I tried to teach at least once a year. I, I try to come in from a different angle, but it's the same thing. You need to be a person who worships the Lord. And if you will worship the Lord, you can then connect with this promise. There is no want to those who fear Him. I already know what some of you are thinking. Pastor Stephen, I worship the Lord, and I have lack in my life right now. What's going on? This is, this is all I would say as a suggestion not knowing your personal situation in detail or anything like that. This is all I would say. You're probably, if, if you're having lack, you love the Lord, maybe you're even tithing, you're probably not worshiping the Lord enough. Wow. Now just, just meditate on that. This is not meant uh, to critique, certainly not meant to condemn, because in Christ there is no condemnation. But in our lives there can be areas of improvement, and sometimes if you just tweak one thing, and that's that major thing, suddenly your life can begin to flourish, you, you, everything begins to start coming up roses, and your life becomes beautiful. And so I just want to say this, this is true, this may seem like a gulping statement, but it's true. If you worship the Lord, uh, there will be no want in your life. There is no want to those who worship Him. And that's just flat out truth. Now, sometimes I get emails um, from people that are that are in great pain, they are maybe they have not just one sickness, but maybe like ten different things, and all they can do is lay there on the bed, too weak to get up, too sick to work a job, and the doctors have said, you know, there are no cures for what has afflicted you. All we can do is give you medication, give you pain relievers. And, you know, you're just going to have to try to survive because we, we have no other options for you. And these precious people email me, they write me, and they, they say, Pastor Stephen, what can I do? All I can do is lay in the bed all day. And they say, please pray for me. Okay, I can pray for you, but here's something I cannot do for you. I cannot worship the Lord for you. Okay, only you can do your own worshiping. Wow, please stop and think about that. Because no matter how weak you are, no matter how fatigued your body is, no matter how riddled with sickness or disease your physical body may be, you, as you're laying on that bed, you still can open your mouth, and even if you don't have much strength, you can still say, praise the Lord. You can still say, Hallelujah. Now, of course, some of you are much stronger. Some of you have a lot of energy. You have great vitality. <laughs> and you certainly need to be praising the Lord more often. But for those that do contact me in those type of conditions, that's what I advise them to do. As you lay there in that weakened state, say, Jesus, I worship you as my healer. Jesus, I bless you. Jesus, I love you. And as you do that, as you do that, you will see strength begin to come as you do that with your heart and just abandon your heart to worship. I'm telling you what, God will raise you up off of that sick bed 
and God will give you a testimony. But you need the praising. You just need the blessing right there. Oh, Pastor Stephen, this is what I'll do. Once he raises me up, then I'll praise him. There's no faith in that. You must praise him in your condition right now. Praise him right now, right where you're at, and then watch what he will do in your life. Praise God. Uh, Pastor Stephen, my, my spouse is not saved. I've been praying and nothing's happening. What should I do? Well, you should just, I, I would suggest maybe you have prayed enough. I would, I would uh, now advise you to just begin to worship the Lord and say, Jesus, you don't want my spouse to perish. Uh, Jesus, you love my spouse. And Jesus, I believe you're going to save my spouse. I believe you're going to touch uh, his heart. And I believe that he's going to serve you. And uh, I believe that he's going to love you. And I just worship you, Jesus. I worship you right now. And as you just keep worshiping the Lord, God will take care of your spouse. Pastor Stephen, my children, they're not serving God. And I've been fasting and praying and uh, nothing's changed. I would encourage you to begin to worship the Lord and just say, Jesus, you love my children. Jesus, I believe you're going to get them. Jesus, but I give you all my attention and focus. And I've prayed, I've prayed for them. And now, Lord Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. And as you worship the Lord, he'll, he'll be sure to touch and to reach your children. Praise God. But my friends, the Lord, He needs your praise. He wants your praise. He wants your worship. And you know what? You may not uh, be uh, a graduate of an opera school. You may not uh, have a, a fabulous voice with, uh, a, you know, tremendous vibrato. And uh, you may not be able to hit the high notes. You may not even be able to hit the low notes. But you know what? You still have a voice. And with the voice that God gave you, you can open your mouth and you can say, Hallelujah. You can open your mouth and you can say, God, I love you today. And you can open your mouth and you can sing a song. Hallelujah. You might not be a songbird, but you can still sing a song. Praise God. You know, just getting back from Indonesia, uh, I, I had good quality time with a very dear friend, uh, Dr. Jedediah Pham. And uh, he and I talked often, and, you know, every time I was around him, uh, you know, as soon as he f we finished our conversation and we, we would begin to depart, the moment he's, he's by himself, a, a tune of worship starts coming out of him. He was either humming or singing to the Lord. Anytime he had a free moment, he is, he is in a worship mode. And uh, that's something that you can train yourself into. Uh, that is something out of love, great love for God. You can just slip into and you're having so much fun uh, a lot of the times you don't even know you're doing it <laughs> and really really you should not be ashamed to worship the Lord I, I know we need to walk in wisdom especially in places of work in places like that but you know what if somebody had just happened to overhear you you know uh, say hallelujah or worship the Lord you, you know you shouldn't be embarrassed or ashamed of that you should be free to worship the Lord in your own home, uh, in your own environment, in your own place. Praise God. Again, oh, worship the Lord, you His saints. There is no want to those who worship Him. I would really like for you to take this verse to heart this week and to meditate on it. And as you begin to just worship the Lord, you'll see lack just begin to disappear from your life. Uh, there are some, perhaps, maybe you have a business that's struggling, and you're really concerned about it, and you've prayed, and you've fasted, and maybe you've even sown seed, but you're still, you're still like, God, what's going on? Why, why am I still having a, 
excuse me, why am I still having a struggle here? Well, all I would encourage you to do is go into the Word. Here in the Word, we see a solution to that situation. And I would encourage you that you have probably done a lot of praying, but there needs to be more worship. So just begin to worship the Lord and begin to praise God and lift your hands and open your mouth and just begin to sing songs to Him. Just begin to bless His name. And as you do that, you're going to see the lack just begin to vanish. You're going to begin to see prosperity flow in. The, the stream, the river of anointing, of, of increase will begin to touch your life. And before you know it, there's no lack. There's no lack any way around you, uh, anywhere, anywhere nearby you, because you are a worshiper of the Lord. Others may lack, and I don't know details about the lives of others, but all I know is that this verse is true, and that when we worship the Lord, Angels come, provision comes, and God comes on the scene. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me share something special from the book of Job. I've always loved the book of Job, and I had a uh, life-changing supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus when He shared something with me from the book of Job. I want to take you actually to that very verse that He uh, so succinctly pointed out to me one time, literally pointed uh, to a billboard one time when he took me in the spirit realm. Uh, he actually took me down even inside of my own spirit and took me down to the very core of who Stephen Brooks is. It was actually, uh, it was kind of like getting in an elevator and just going down, 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 but not going down for like 10 or 15 floors, just going way down. And the, the, the best way I could describe it is like going down in an elevator, but it was like going down to the bottom of the ocean. And even if the ocean is five miles deep, eventually if you keep coming down, you keep coming down, you'll get to bedrock. And Jesus took me all the way down to the very bedrock of my spirit. And uh, this was a journey He took with me on the inside. Uh, uh, by the way, it does say in Proverbs that the heart of the man is very vast. So uh, that's not talking about uh, the heart as being the blood pumping organ that pushes the blood through your body. That's referring to the inner man, or as the Apostle Paul called called it, the the inner man. You are, or the spirit man. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a in a physical body. But it's the spirit man uh, that is created in the image of God. So he took me to the very bottom of Stephen Brooks, to the very uh, foundation, a uh, bedrock of who I am, and we stepped out onto that bedrock, and He pointed to a, a sign. It looked like a modern-day billboard uh, that you would see on a freeway. If you're driving down, you see those big freeway signs. That's what it looked like, a big billboard sign, and He, he pointed over to a big billboard uh, uh, some ways off uh, in the distance, and I could read it very easily, and it, it, it said this, it said, Though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. And the moment I read it, I thought, I think that's in the book of Job somewhere. I don't know where, but I'm pretty sure it's in the book of Job. Well, I, I, after the vision, after I came out of the vision, I, I went and just, you know, easily searched it and pulled it up by going on the Internet. And yep, Job chapter 13, verse 15. So look at this again. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm right on the edge. My business could go under. I, uh, I don't know what's going on with my marriage. I'm having all kinds of uh, problems and challenges. Well, look, I want you to understand that if you really do trust the Lord, 
and I'm not saying you don't, but I'm saying if you do, if you really do trust Him, well, give an, give an expression to that, because faith has works. If you really do trust the Lord, don't grumble, just begin to worship Him right in the midst of that place where it looks like maybe you're being slayed, where it looks like maybe you have, you're being stretched to a place where your faith has never been stretched. By the way, God's not trying to kill you, but there are many life experiences that God will allow you to go through, not to kill you, but to develop you. Okay. God's got you the whole time, but he's trying to develop you. And so the Lord, uh, he's trying to take you to the next level of breakthrough. So if you do trust him, which I believe that you do, well, then start, start praising Him. Don't, well, Pastor Stephen, this problem is very real. I know when I had this encounter with the Lord, I had a very real problem. I'm not trying to say, you know, like, let's just act like nothing's happening. No, something was really happening. I, I had a real situation that I had to deal with, deal with. And even when the vision ended and I came out, I just had a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus in the vision. But when I came out of the vision, uh, the situation was still there. So what do I have to do? Well, I trusted what the Lord told me. Well, if I really trust the Lord, I'm not going to complain anymore. I'm just going to begin to praise and thank the Lord, uh, even though nothing had changed in the natural, but I just began praising and thanking the Lord. And in two weeks, I had a dramatic change of my situation. <laughs> oh, it went from really dicey to like, whoo, cutting it close to like, you talking about breathing room and then some. Well, you know what? If you do trust the Lord, my friends worship Him. God, God will take care of you. But get your eyes off the problem. Get your eyes on the Lord, His greatness, His majesty, His power, and His ability. And when you do that, you'll start to forget about this situation. Uh, you're still aware of it, but it doesn't, doesn't trouble you. And before you know it, that thing has been uh, dealt with. It's been handled. Uh, it's been taken care of. Glory to God. I, I don't care if your situation is a sickness, a disease, or you have a financial situation. You have a marital situation, a relationship situation. Maybe you need a new job. Maybe you've had a transition of work. Uh, you left the old job and you're looking for a new job, but money's starting to run out. And you're like, Lord, I, I really need you to come through for me. Look, you need to worship the Lord. There's, there is a place for prayer. Uh, and we understand the importance of prayer. I, I've done a lot of teaching on prayer, but I think sometimes in the church, we, we just don't worship the Lord enough. And I'm not talking about what you do in, on Sunday. I'm talking about what you do on Monday and Tuesday when nobody's looking, when nobody's around. And if, if, if you can't worship the Lord uh, without having people, then something is really undeveloped in your spiritual walk. You should be able to worship the Lord on your own anywhere you're at. And if you somehow ended up on a remote island, stranded because your ship uh, sunk and you swam to the nearest island, you're there for three weeks before they pick you up. You should be able to worship the Lord on that island all by yourself. Hallelujah. Grab, grab some coconuts and start shaking them together and start praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God will make a way for you out on that island. Hallelujah. You, somehow you'd catch a fish or you'd get some fresh water. God would make it rain. He'd, he'd do something. He'd take care of you. Praise the Lord. But you need to be a person that praises the Lord. That praises the Lord. Hallelujah. And if you do that, you'll never go under. You'll never go under. Praise God. You'll never lack any good thing. Let's go back to Psalm 34. It really is, it really is a heavyweight psalm when it comes to this topic of praise and worship. Psalm 34, verse 1, I will, not, you know, I might, or, you know, I, I'll, I'll try. No, 
I will. David said, I will. And I, I really pray that this will be something from today's message that you just lock onto it uh, like a bulldog grabbing a bone, and you say, yeah, I'm going to do this. Pastor Stephen, even as you're talking, the Holy Spirit is just really witnessing, this is the area I need to beef up, and I really need to worship the Lord more, okay? And that's something David did. He locked onto it, and he just said, I will. He's like, I'm going to do this. I will bless the Lord at all times. Well, if we're going to bless the Lord, then uh, we need to eliminate griping and complaining because there can be challenges in life and things can be difficult at times, but we're going to be people that bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Be careful with all the news and all the negativity that's out there. Um, I'm not saying that you don't need to be aware of what's happening in your nation or uh, in the world, but I'm saying you can scan that, you can learn that, you'll find out what you need to know, but if you start soaking up too much of that stuff, it could really take your bless away, and now you're starting to grumble, oh, the government's not right, you know, ah, this is why I'm struggling because of the economy, or this or that or the other, and, and now you're over into uh, blame shifting and stuff like that. But you know what? Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Don't let anything distract you or pull you out of that mode. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise. Praising the Lord all the time. Wake up in the morning. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't feel like doing that in the morning. Well, it's not, it's not about feeling, it's just about David saying, I will. And so you're like, I'm going to do this, because it's just the right thing to do. And as you do that, it begins to create a positive attitude in you, and you begin to expect, you know what? Something great is going to take place in my life. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be where? In your mouth. God's praise coming out of your mouth on a continual basis. You know, today's message is called the Blue Angel. And it was some years back when I was ministering in a very neighboring state, actually the state right, ab right above us called Virginia. And we had some revival meetings going on. Uh, they were going really well. The meetings were extended. We stayed extra days. And it was while I was at the hotel room praying, getting ready for the evening meeting, that something supernatural happened. And so I'm walking around the hotel room by myself, just praying, doing a lot of praying in the Spirit, meditating on God's Word, and suddenly somebody walked into the hotel room and came and stood behind me over my left shoulder, and I knew it was a supernatural being, a holy being. Because it, it, uh, the presence of this angel immediately brought a sense of peace, and it also immediately brought a sense of the presence and the wonder of God. Well, an angel stood behind me, and I heard him speak these words. He said, praise is the lost key to victory. Now, I turned around, and I could see the angel. He had a blue light that was emanating, that was coming out of him. Anytime I fly at night and I'm at the airport, 
I, something makes me so happy when I look at the tarmac and I see the blue lights. I like the green lights, but something about those blue lights at night just makes me feel so soothing and happy in my spirit. Well, uh, that angel was emitting some very soothing and happy uh, heavenly feelings. Uh, this just that anointing from heaven coming off of him. But when I turned and looked at him, I, I could look over my shoulders and I turned around and I could, uh, and I could see him. Praise God. But this, again, is what he said. Praise is the lost key. Now, the reason it's lost is because in the church, we may even know about it, but we just, we just don't do as much as we should. We don't worship the Lord as much as we should. We don't praise the Lord as much as we should. There's a lot of a lot of Christians, they drive around, they listen to all kinds of secular music, and they'll listen to rock and pop and all this other stuff, but they'll hardly ever put on maybe like precious worship music or beautiful praise music and begin to sing along with it and worship the Lord. So there's so many areas where it's just something that's lost, where I think it's something that we know about, but we just don't really apply it. Praise God. But that's going to change. So praise is the lost key to what? This, this is what we all want, to victory, to winning in life. Praise is the lost key to victory. And God has the power Everybody knows that. God has the ability. God is able to put you and I over every single time, in every single trial, in every single situation. But my friends, we need to be praising the Lord, because that's what the Lord is actually looking for. Will they praise me in their test? Will they praise me in their pain? Will they praise me in their not knowing what to do? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Anytime you don't know what to do, just begin to praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'll praise Him when I know what to do. Well, you can certainly do that, but it has a lot more weight when you're praising the Lord when the situation is not yet turned, because anybody can praise the Lord when everything's going good. But when you're praising the Lord when you're going uphill, and you're walking totally by faith, and the thing that you need is not yet manifested, that's when it has tremendous spiritual weight when you begin to praise the Lord at that time. Well, those of you that are Bible students know that if you look at Psalm 34, verse 1, right above it, you have something very fascinating written. It says, a Psalm of David, when he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. This is a Psalm that David wrote in perhaps one of the lowest points of his life, when he despaired of his life, when he felt like he was an outcast, when he was being literally hunted and pursued by the army of Saul, and David mentally was exhausted, physically exhausted and drained, and he went before Abimelech, a Philistine king seeking refuge and help, and in order to be accepted, he actually acted like he had gone insane. Wow. My friends, after he composed himself and realized uh, that's not the way to behave, it was then that David wrote this psalm. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to act like a, like a nut or an idiot. I'm going to put my trust back in God. And he said, I'm going to begin to start worshiping the Lord, blessing the Lord, and praising the Lord. And it was just a short time after that 
that he arose to become king over Israel. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friends, you need to praise the Lord at all times. If David could somehow gather the strength and say, I will do this. I will praise and bless even though I've made a total fool of myself, even though I don't even have a safe place to sleep at night, I'm still going to praise the Lord. If David could do it in trials of distress and uh, just great difficulties, you also can do it in the trial and in the situation that you are facing. And by the way, you may not even be in a trial. You may, you may not be in a dilemma, but you may be in a place where you just think, you know what, I should have, I should have more. Well, then you need to worship the Lord, and the more will begin to be uh, released into your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord allowed me to have real experiences to see the truth of these scriptures. I remember one time when I used to work on the plumbing field, and I was uh, full-time uh, working out uh, on the plumbing field, and you know, from sun up to sundown, just, you know, doing plumbing jobs all day long. And after having completed a job that was an all-day-long job, I was working with my brother-in-law, and I was also working with my father-in-law, uh, because my father-in-law was a master plumber for many, many years. And uh, so uh, we were all working together, and we had finished a big job uh, on repiping the entire house, taking all of the old pipe out, putting brand new copper piping in underneath the house. It was a very old house, a, a historic home. But anytime you're crawling underneath the house in the crawl space, you're crawling through the dirt, it's just a dirty job. And this had been a multi-day job, and it was the last day and we had finished. I had taken all of my tools out and had a lot of tools that I had to, uh, underneath the house because you're cutting things and you're, you're doing all kinds of work. I had pulled everything out. I had put it all in the van, put it all away neatly. I had taken off my, my outward uh, coveralls because I'm underneath the dirt uh, house in the dirt, so you wear something over your normal clothes. I'd taken all that off, cleaned it all up, put it all into the van. And uh, told my father-in-law, told my brother-in-law, I said, hey, uh, I'll see you guys on the next job tomorrow. They were, they were taking off to go uh, inspect what we're going to be doing the next day. I said, oh, great. I said, I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll just wrap up my final things here, and uh, we're done. Uh, so they left, and I'm getting, uh, I'm getting ready to go. And suddenly, by the Holy Spirit, I realized, wait a minute, I'm looking in the back of the van, and I didn't see one of my tools, uh, a sawzall, uh, which is a very nice tool, allows you to cut through cast iron pipe, or, or cut through anything, really, if you have the right blade. And I said, where is my sawzall? And then I realized, oh no, I left it underneath the house. And in my mind, I actually could remember and see where I had left it at, at the very far corner, underneath at the very far corner of the house. And there was only one entrance way into the crawl space, and so I couldn't walk around the other side. Go, that man had to go out to crawl all the way underneath. So when I realized that, this thing began to rise up from my flesh of wanting to verbally grumble. And I caught myself. I caught it right here before it came out. And I said, no, I'm not going to complain. This has been a good day. This has been the day that the Lord has made. The day's almost over, but I'm not going to complain. I'm going to go back underneath there. I'm going to get my missing tool, and I'm going to praise the Lord all the time. I'm going to do what David said. His praise will continually be in my mouth. 
So I took my coveralls back out, put them all back on, got all dressed again for that, uh, took the, the uh, crawl space door off, it had already been sealed up, reopened it back up, and started crawling. Crawled all the way to the underside of the house. It was a very large home, 5,000 square feet. So it was a long way to crawl. Got all the way to the other end of the house. There it was. There was my tool. Grabbed my sawzall. And I, I start crawling on the dirt with my tool uh, underneath the house towards the exit. While I'm crawling, I just, uh, I just, you know, I had been praising the Lord. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I bless you. But while I was crawling, it's like the praise began to get stronger. And I just said, yes, Lord, I praise you. Yes, Lord, I bless you. And it, it's like a river began to flow out of me. And I was just so happy in the spirit. And I, I was saying things like, Lord, although I'm crawling through the dirt, just as low as low can be, I believe, Lord, you're going to lift me up. Lord, I believe you're going to bless me. Lord, I believe that uh, although I, I, I enjoy my plumbing job, Lord, Lord, I believe you have ministry for me, and I believe that the plan that you have for my life is going to be fulfilled. And I, I'm telling you, I was saying things like that in praise to the Lord, and praise was just pouring out of me. And as I was crawling uh, under this very large space, as I was crawling, suddenly my hand hit something, and it sounded like a metallic sound. And I thought, well, I, I, w I wonder what that is. Did I just discover buried treasure? I didn't know what had happened. And I, uh, I had a light with me. I brought my light over, and I, I began to dig. And I, dig I dug down about that far. I don't even know how I had heard the sound. I don't even know how it made the sound. But I dug down about that far, and there, buried in the dirt, were the keys to my van. So earlier, even if I would have tried to have left, I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't have any keys. I didn't even know I had lost my keys. But because I was praising the Lord, I found my lost keys even before I knew they were lost. But by now, it doesn't even matter. They're already recovered. Wow, this is crazy stuff that God will do if you'll just praise Him. All of your losses, all of your losses will be restored. Maybe you've lost your health. You either praise and worship the Lord, not that you're sick, but that He's your healer, and that He's greater than the sickness and the disease, that He's delivered you from it, He's redeemed you from it at Calvary, and that you're just celebrating the fact that, that's, that the finished work of the cross is more than enough to get you up off that bed, and just lay there and praise Him, and worship Him for that, and watch what God will do. Praise the Lord. Well, I was stunned to see my keys, and uh, you know, I, I, what had happened, obviously sometime during that day, while crawling around, they had worked their way out of my pocket, and then as I kept on crawling, they probably got pushed down into the dirt somehow, and there's no way I ever would have found those keys if I just randomly went underneath that house with a floodlight and would have started looking. I never would have found them. That's something that's miraculous, and that's something that you, uh, these type of things you only tap into uh, when you're praising the Lord. Well, that saved me a lot of inconvenience of having to, you know, bring a locksmith out, uh, because my brother-in-law, you know, the, the, these vans, we didn't have extra keys. So if that key had been lost, you know, now we got to get a locksmith, pay the locksmith, now I've got to waste more time, and, you know, rush hour traffic in, in, you know, Southern California, so it had been hours before I ever would have gotten out of there. But you know what, if you just praise the Lord, if you just praise the Lord, and don't let grumbling and complaining come out. Just bless Him all the time. Bless the Lord all the time. And so I crawled out of that uh, place, had my keys, and I said, God, 
I just praise you. I want to make note that I always praise and worship you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I've had other supernatural stories as well along this line of things that God has done for me as a direct result of praising Him when I did not feel like praising Him, but I made that extra effort. Praise the Lord. My friends, I want to pray for you, and I'm going to pray that today be a day where your situation begin to turn, because you're going to begin to worship, and you're going to begin to praise the Lord on a regular basis. And as you do this, you're going to see angels released into your life, and things are going to begin to get a lot easier for you. God's going to turn things around for you. Heavenly Father, I'm praying for your people that the lost key of praise be a key that is never misplaced in the life of your people ever again. That they never ever misplace the key of praise. That they always have a heart of praise and worship for you, especially especially during times of stormy situations. Then, Father God, may they rise up and bless you. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. Father, I just release that anointing for a joyful spirit. I release that anointing of Psalm 34.1 that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I thank you, Father. I release the anointing for praise and worship. We thank you, Father God. We rise up today as your people, and we bless you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give you an assignment. We're going to take communion in just a minute. I want to give you an assignment. Soon as we're done taking communion, and you can go ahead and set it out. As soon as we're done taking communion, that big thing that you're wanting God to do in your life, before it ever happens, I want you to, as soon as we take communion, and, and, I, and I close the program, I want you to get up and start praising the Lord for it. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't have it yet. I know. I want you to start praising Him before you ever see it manifested. You may even want to dance around, dance around in your room and spin and just praise the Lord and say, Father, I thank you, I thank you, I worship you, I praise you. Hallelujah. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. Praise God. Because God's going to do it for you. But He wants your praise. He wants your worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, O God. Now, let's take unleavened bread. Let's take some grape juice. And let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We consecrate this and bless it. This is now the flesh and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God, that Jesus went to Calvary for our full redemption. Father, the truth is that we can never really praise Him enough. We could never really bless Him enough. But Father, we're sure going to try. We want to be a company of people that really just have revelation on this, and we really release this unto You. Praise, blessing, and worship. So Father, we thank You for Your grace being applied today, that as we receive communion, we're going to be people that just bless you all the time. We thank you for the great mighty wonders that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. We thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it now. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Healing, 
there's healing. Those of you that are sick, you just need to thank God for your healing. You need to bless Jesus that He's your healer. Not when you're healed, but right now. Right now, because He's already made provision for your healing. Father, we thank You in Jesus' name. Let's now receive the body of Jesus together. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Father, we thank You for the blood of Jesus. We thank You that the joy of the Lord is our strength. His joy is our strength. Father, we thank You that as we praise You, You make us strong. That strength comes, and our strength is renewed like that of the eagle. We thank You, Father God. Now, Father, let our mouths be consecrated unto you to bless, to praise, and to worship. We thank you, Father God. We thank you. We receive the cleansing blood of Jesus now in His name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Where you may not be homeless like David, who had no home, who was running and fleeing from Saul, and who was actually now trying to hang out with the Philistines of all people, one of the primary enemies of Israel. You may not be in a situation like that, and we thank the Lord for that. But whatever your situation is, why don't you do what David did? Why don't you do it right now? Why don't you just stand up and begin to say, Hallelujah, which means praise the Lord, begins to begin to bless Him, begin to worship Him, and then by faith believe that you receive that thing that you've asked God for, and thank Him for it, thank Him for it like you have it right now. Praise God. And when you live like that, before you know it, you will see things manifesting around you everywhere that you're believing God to do. But be a worshiper of the Lord. I don't believe we could ever worship the Lord too much. So right now, go find that place where you could worship Him and bless Him, and lift up your hands. Maybe you want to dance. I call it the, the principle of dance in advance. Pastor Stephen, when I get it, I'm going to dance and praise the Lord before everybody. Well, if you're spiritual, dance and praise Him now, even if nobody's looking, even if it hasn't yet manifested. Woo! Hallelujah! And that is what real praise is. So praise Him for it right now. Just stand up in your room and begin to worship the Lord and watch how you will also be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. My friends, thank you for watching today. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye bye. <music>